Hello and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living and Making podcast. I'm your host, Adam Mackey, and joining me as always is Grant Alexander. Hello. And Morley Kurt. Yo. Hey, boys. What's been going on? Um, so in the pre-show and uh, after show last week, I was getting a little bit of troubleshooting help from Adam and Grant um, because I've been working on this air planter in the shape of a geodesic dome. Um, and I'm making it through a bunch of bent wires. So I started out with some 3D printed templates to bend the wire and then some other 3D printed templates to make all the different panels of the geodesic dome. Uh, because essentially, you know, geodesic domes are those, it looks kind of like a sphere, like Epcot at Disney World, or uh, if you're in Montreal, the biosphere, there's lots of uh, famous ones all around the world. And Biodome. It, the movie. Biodome, yeah, there's all... They're, they try to get as close to a sphere as possible, but if you use, you can have all different sorts depending on how many triangles you use. And the one that I'm using is one of the most common types, and it's basically pentagons and hexagons made of triangles that are all attached together. And because it forms a curved surface, the triangles that form each pentagon and hexagon form like a little mini dome. So each one has a little bit of curvature, and then when you attach them all together, it curves into a larger dome. So it's really cool seeing it all come together, um, and it's been a very interesting problem-solving process um, along the way in turning this like 2D you know, starting point into a 3D final product. Have you watched the Laura Kampf video where she makes her little geodesic dome? Yes, I have. The, yeah. the one she did like uh, four or five months ago or so? Yeah. 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 So I think that one she was doing, it was either the same frequency as mine, which the frequency refers to like the resolution, like how many triangles you're using or one level lower. Um, it's a very interesting uh, construction method. You know, there's, it's, you know, Buckminster Fuller was really into geodesic domes and a lot of similar futurists and people who are into building like habitats and off-grid living in greenhouses. So the whole subculture around it is uh, very interesting to learn about. Um, so I just finished making uh, the dome section today. I was originally going to make a full sphere. And I realized after I finished making half of it that I only had made enough parts for half. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out if I want to f- make it a full sphere or if um, I'm going to stop here and move on to the next step. Um, but it's a cool project. It's something I've been interested in for a long time. And I, I definitely wanted to do like more projects with the shape in the future. This is definitely like the first one um and yeah it's it's uh it's cool it's gonna be like it's gonna be for air plants which are they don't need water they just survive from the water in the air and i'm kind of picturing this sort of like post-apocalyptic aesthetic because you'll have like the this sort of fluffy air plant partially coming out of the wire in the geodesic dome so it's it's like this uh if, as if there were glass panes in there and they had shattered. So that's kind of what I'm envisioning. We'll see how it turns out. Before you kill your air plant, it, they do require watering. They don't require soil. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, will, I will definitely look up the care instructions. I haven't done okay. that. We, um, we have air plants hot glued to driftwood around the oh, house. Did you just like spray right. them with a spray bottle? Spray them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, they really. It's really weird, like how you just 
literally just hot glued this plant onto a piece of wood. Like it, it to me, it's just so weird that you don't need soil or anything. Well, that's good to know yeah. that you can just hot glue it directly on because that might be what I end up doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw on, was it on Instagram? I think I saw what you've done so far. Um, you're hot gluing it all together. Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, yeah that's uh, the current plan. Um, and I might add a little bit of reinforcement, but it seems to be good enough for what I need to use it for. But uh, for the V2, I'll probably use it. I was actually thinking of less. Um, uh, do you think no, you could anything, do it, it would... if you did like little yeah. rings? Yeah, like, to, yeah, definitely. To adjoin them? Yeah, and I was thinking of that at, at uh, the start, but uh, this is just kind of how it evolved. So mm. yeah, definitely there's tons of different ways I can make it. Um, and we'll see how the next Looks really Looks um, really cool, like cha- like challenging to get it to work. Yeah, it's a lot of new experiences for sure. Um, I've still been, uh, skating every day, but I just recently started going to the skate park on the way home from work. So the past two days I've stopped there on my drive home, uh, cause I want to skate with my uncle Charlie, who we interviewed on into the spotlight. Who's like in his you know mid fifties and he started skating in the seventies and he still skates now. And he's, he's big into vert. So going into skate parks and on the half pipes and bowls and stuff. And, uh, to hold my own with him, I'm going to need a bit of practice. So I've been <laughs> learning uh, the half pipe and pumping. And today I was able to go up one side and turn around and come back down uh, versus just like going on the same stance back and forth. Um, it is it is a great workout, man. Like going on vert in oh, the yeah. skate park. I was uh, I was. And then once you my learn how to pump. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Pump yeah, your own bowls and stuff. Yeah. And I have experience with that. Like I used to do a lot of longboarding and I would, I would try to like really take advantage of the momentum and done some mountain bike pump courses and downhill stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun again, a little banged up, but <laughs> sorry. It always fun. looks so weird when Grant raises his desk. Oh yeah. It's great. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. Um, Grant, what have you been up to? Yeah. Well, I have been uh, working again on drawers. They're right here for those watching. They're, I'm getting ready to put the finish on. Oh, them. I was wondering I, what that was. Yeah, every week there's going to be. I was going to see if anyone ever noticed, but every week I've I've put something different on there for people to to look at as a visual thing. If people are are catching the YouTubes, um, but the other thing I because I don't like to actually follow through with projects until completion, I decided to start a new project and I uh, took apart the vintage uh, bicycle that I rescued from the trash, and I've been really working on that. I've every single piece has been disassembled, down to the things I didn't even know came off a bicycle, like uh, the bearing caps and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I was like I don't even know how to remove them and course one google search and they're like you just pound it off and i was like oh okay thought it was threaded on i tried with a pipe <laughs> wrench for a bit it didn't move so um yeah then i uh I, I pulled a um i pulled a motorbike apart to like restore it and i pulled the whole thing apart repainted the frame and everything i'm like all right i don't know how to put this back together <laughs> yeah Ended up I've, selling it. I've i think my dad got into that because about um, I don't know. I guess now when I was like 10, he took apart a 1952 Harley Davidson panhead. Um, yeah. and it's still like in the exact same, <laughs> uh, all the amount of people, like, it's in every single piece. If you could put Probably that together, it's, it's worth a pretty penny. 
it's worth yeah. like nothing apart, but it's, mm. you know, or it's, I guess it's worth all the parts you could try and sell off, but it's, I think it's the sum of it would be worth more, but, uh, one day yeah. he says he'll get it back together. But I think I learned my project <laughs> management skills from him. So, uh, that's why the drawers and <laughs> stuff have taken so long, but I'm, I'm actually like a little excited about this kind of bicycle project and I'm looking for another one for myself. Um, because this one's, uh, I don't know, the like low step or whatever they call it. The traditional name would be the woman's bicycle. Um, but I know they have new names for woman, it. Yeah. Yeah. Which has it. never made sense to me because shouldn't, shouldn't the guys not have a bar there? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I've never understood that. <laughs> it's for biking in a dress. <laughs> yeah. Which is who's it? Bike, yeah, yeah. Who's biking in a dress? Ah. Well, women did back in the 1910s. <laughs> right. But like today, like that's, it's today, it's not a, yeah. I don't right. Know. It's a totally obsolete uh, mm-hmm. d- right. differentiation. Right. I, I think, like, I think I would have no problem with riding around one of those because then you don't have to lift your leg up as high to get over the, the bar. Like, I think there is zero, other than the fact that the engineering makes it more difficult. So it's not as like strong of a bike because of the triangulation or whatever. But I think it's a better design for getting on and off a bicycle. But most people who ride a bicycle yeah, probably- Yeah, I found that they they feel different. Like Eden had one. Um, when we were in Montreal, I would ride it from time to time if I, like, she, if I needed to get it to her somehow. And they do have like a different feel to them. I think it's because their center of gravity is lower. And at least the ones I've ridden- tend to be bulkier than like comparable street bikes. Um, so yeah, it's just different. I don't know if it's better or worse. I, I think they're bulkier because of the engineering. They have to be. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyways, it's a fun project and I've, I don't know, gone down. I've learned a lot about bicycles and bearings and gears and tires and stuff that I had no clue about. Um and then the other thing is today, earlier, um, I got a phone call from the uh, Inuit Health Center here in Ottawa, and they called me. I had an appointment for a COVID shot later in the week, but they called me and said, hey, can you come in today? Because they had a cancellation. So doing my civic duty, I decided to uh, to say yes to that and drove down and got my COVID shot. So I'm now Pfizered up. My internet nice. has never been better. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's bad. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's what I've been up to. <laughs> cool. Well, I painted my workbench and I'm so f- happy. Oh, I'm so happy about it. Um, I wish the color was a little bit darker, but I'm very happy with how it turned out and I'm glad I decided to paint it. My wife thinks it's ugly, but like, I really don't care. It's what I wanted and i'm so happy with how it turned out so yeah i I think painted shop furniture is good because it it doesn't get like if you have it all wood you're like your projects can't don't have any contrast to yeah that's a good point on film for sure yeah and and as i talked about like previously is that i'm i want to go for that sort of clean laboratory sort of shop not the dirty wood shop if that makes sense but i mean the top's going to be mdf and that's not going to be painted so there'll be some wood there what mdf's um, not wood 
MDF's closer to paper. I, I think he meant a wood you know, tone. <laughs> yeah, tone. You know what I mean. Anyway, um, I tried to do the the DIY inset draw pulls, which they would work, but I just wasn't happy with how they looked. So I just found some old pulls that I had in a drawer and chucked them on. So, so this means I'll yeah. never know what you were talking about because you said that I would figure it out once you actually put it in the video. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I've got um, – I think I still have a video of it. I could probably probably um, send you some clips or something of what I did. But essentially, I took a dovetail bit and just made like a, a rectangle in the middle of the drawer mm. so that you'd yeah. have like a like an inset rectangle with dovetail around the outside. I think it would work, and but I just wasn't happy with how it turned out. And also, I think it would be better if the dovetail bit was at more of an angle because it didn't right. leave that much of a lip. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. So yeah, I have holidays coming up, so I'm hoping to finish the workbench and I have a list of other things I want to do while I'm um while I'm off, which I'm pretty excited about. How long? So I'm gonna be off? making five weeks. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. So we get we um we actually get allocated our annual leave each year. And then we can choose to, to swap it away or like we can apply for leave as well. And if that gets approved, then just take it off where we're meant to have leave and stuff. But So but yeah. when you say you get allocated leave, do you mean they assigned you to take these five weeks off altogether? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, probably November I'll get my next, next year's allocated um, – thing and then, so it's always five weeks in bulk so they'll say like you're taking five weeks starting this date finish this date and then but then everyone has that list it's like getting a roster and then you can swap like you could say oh i'll do your first two weeks and you do or you know so you can swap them around with people and and that which is good that's an interesting but, way of doing it i th- well i think because there's that many like we have thousands of staff that if they didn't do that, you'd have so many people trying to apply for leave at the same time. Right. No, I, I think it's a great idea. I think, I think it's great as well. And it really puts the onus on the employees to, yeah, to try instead of management being the bad guy saying, no, you can't have this date. Yeah. And there's a bit of a, like a bit of a schedule with it. Whereas if you have, like I got May this year or a end of April, there's a, like a sort of, chart that would say all right well if you started april this year you're going to be this month next year right but it changes a little bit so like last year i had five weeks off over christmas that was my allocated time (laughs) and you know everyone's everyone's messaging me asking me to swap i'm not going to swap that (laughs) yeah that's funny wow yeah so i um yeah i started making a list of things i want to make so i'm going to be making a um disc sander because i have a motor laying around it's actually brand new because i bought it to replace the motor in my table saw that blew up um it was a brand new replacement but i didn't know that the newer models have a different size motor hmm. not power just physically so i'm gonna be using that to make a disc sander so i'm pretty pretty happy 2000 watt um disc sander is gonna be pretty insane um, what is that in horsepower? Might- what is it, like 726 horsepower and no, 726 watts in a horsepower, something like that. Watts. Yeah, it's like two horsepower. and a half horsepower. 
I want to see if my engineering knowledge stuck in my. I head. think it's about two and a half horsepower. That must be the 145. Peak I was pretty close. Yeah. The uh, yeah, that yeah. must be the peak rating. Old motors yeah. were were based off their like their like duty cycle rating, and new mm. motors are based off their peak rating. And I always think that's funny that if you get a motor from the 70s, a three quarter horsepower motor from the 70s is like way more power than like the two horsepower motor from the 2000s. It's like. Yeah. Wow. That's they good changed to the know. way they that wrote it. That's some good knowledge. Yeah. But yeah, so I think two and a half um, horsepower would probably be a bit too much. So I'll probably put a um, a dial on there to be able to adjust that. Or just make but, it a um, really big disc sander. Well, it's going to be 12 inch. Oh, make it 24. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jimmy no. Dress, I think, has the Jim or Frank Howarth. You check out their builds. Yeah. I really wish I had a. Um, or I could build like a belt, like the belt-fed sander. Like the, it's like a thicknesser, but a sander. I want one of them so bad because sanding is the worst. And after doing like my drawers and stuff for my workbench, I'm just like, yeah, I really can't be bothered. Like if it looks crap after it's painted, like it looks a little bit rough, but it doesn't look that bad. It's only a workbench. I don't care. But if I had one of those, I could just feed everything through. I'd be so happy. Yeah. But a drum sander. Dr- yeah. Yeah. And you I was make- looking at... You can make one of those. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, what about you guys? You got anything, any plans, things you want to make? Yes. Well, definitely. I, Sorry, Grant, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am also t- taking off uh, a big chunk of time. I'm taking the month of June off. I don't have it allocated to me, but uh, I get uh, four or five weeks every year. Of vacation hmm. and uh and i didn't use over the last like five years i i've never used it all up so i've always carried over about four weeks so i decided why am i saving that what am i saving it for like even when my son was born i didn't use it all up like i used a, I took off like three weeks when he was born of vacation um and i still had hmm. four weeks left i just keep carrying this like I, this like four week emergency vacation and I go this seems silly so I'm taking it off we, we actually can choose to not take our leave as well um, but only for one year so you, you're allowed to have a maximum of 10 weeks and then you must take those 10 weeks yeah so I think we're I'm up I think I'm 10 weeks as well it's uh, yeah Anyways, we I, I'm way below the max number. My my father's mm. been at the max number every year because they didn't used to have that. Um, he also works in the public service, um, in the federal public service here. They didn't used to have a max, so he had more than the max. So every year he has to take his entire eight weeks of vacation that he's got allocated for working for so long, plus two more weeks. Yeah. And they won't yeah, pay right. him out because he's like, just pay me. Like give me the money instead, and they won't pay him. He, they just force him off. Anyways, wow, it's just that's interesting. Sucks. Yeah, it just kind of sucks. That's just a management thing. Yeah. Um, we won't get into mm. that. Uh, but with that time, I'm <laughs> going to be doing some interesting stuff as well. I've ordered a new trailer uh, frame for my uh, 1974 bowler it's like a fiberglass trailer um last year when i went uh, camping one time it was broken i think we talked about it on the podcast in a previous episode anyways basically 
it's a 40 year old thin wall steel frame that's rusted out um and if something lasts 40 years that's been like just basically left out to rust every year i'm pretty happy to order a new frame because the fiberglass is going to last forever so that's one like major project that i have coming up i uh I've done a little bit of research, but at the same time, when I'm doing this, I want to think about, you know, all the other things I can do while I have the, the, the body off the frame and make sure like, you know, I want to like check out all the propane lines and I don't know, just like make sure everything is, is like as good as it can get. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. You're not making a video on it, are you? So I think I'm going to be doing uh, like a Laura Kampf style. I got a trailer and here's five scenes of me doing something to it, but you don't actually get to see the whole, like it's not a how-to, it's a it's a story yeah. of a trailer. Yeah, not, story uh, with an overview of the most important parts and then some great beauty shots and before and afters. Hopefully, hopefully some of them. I think that, that's what I'm going to try. Well, and, I th- and I think that's the, you know, if, if the content is going on YouTube, I think that is a very good way to do it as, you know, demonstrated by like Andrew Zito and Laura Kampf, you know, when you have these very large projects and as people's attention spans get shorter, people want to see those transformations and, um, you know, get that overview rather than, I mean, if someone wants to watch a two hour video on it, how to build a cabin or how to modify a trailer. They'll probably just buy a DVD. <laughs> I mean, you could make those videos as well, but like, do you want to be the person who uh, makes those videos is the question. And that's, I'm not an expert. I think this is the biggest thing that it comes down to is if I were going to make a, a, a video about how to do this, yeah. I would want to have done it once before. For sure. <laughs> At <Yeah>. least once. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Morley, you got any big yeah. projects on the go or coming up? Um, I'm at least recently I've been pretty like flying by the seat of my pants when it comes to project planning. Uh, and it's kind of like the way I like it at the moment. Um, you know, like I think what happens with me is like I record ideas as they come. And then I'll at a certain point in time, I'll remember an idea and I'll be like, there we go. This is like the perfect time to do that. I have the wood. Um, I have the time, this is the type of thing I want to be doing. So let's do that one. Um, so like that being said, I, I have a fun, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a curve bending project coming up that I just decided right before, uh, we started on the podcast is going to be my next project. I was like, this is something I've never done before. This is something we need for the apartment. Perfect, perfect, perfect stars aligned. Um, if you watched my, uh, dream whiteboard video you know some other projects that um i want to do at some point in the future but kind of like i said with the way i work that could be this year that could be next year probably a greater likelihood that it would be sooner rather than later as it seems like unless the project is way out of my skill set i tend to do it in a relatively short time frame um considering like what I, how long I expect it will take when it first comes to me. And this is something Eden always tells me. She's like, I, I say something will take like, like X amount of time. Well, she'd be like, no, it won't. it'll take half that because she's seen me work and she's seen all these things happen. Hmm. Um, I wish that my projects are usually the opposite. 
Yeah. Or even not even close. Like I'm like, but, oh, I'll do this renovation in a month and it's Yeah. But you know, I, like I started with, it I started it in twenty sixteen. Yeah. With working for someone else full time now, like I'm not really sure if that will be the case for me uh in the next four months that I might be a little closer to your uh pl- working style, Grant, just because there's only so many things you can squeeze into the hours after working a day. But yeah, like the living coffee table, which is something I, I wrote on that board and I've been thinking about for a while is definitely something I still want to do, uh, whether it be like a coffee table or side table, but some sort of like terrarium table and more water features for sure. That's definitely something I love. And I want to figure out some some like interesting DIY ways to do it in an apartment setting or even in like to figure out a way to do it in a public setting in the style of like little free libraries, some like guerrilla art Mm -hmm. sort of things like that. Um, And with the warm weather coming, I definitely want to be like working outside as much as possible. And, you know, I, I, I think I realized that I talked about it when I moved apartments, like I think this is going to be a lot more woodworking this year than last year with the more space. And I want to make sure that like I'm staying true to that potential in the projects that I have this summer. And I'm not like accidentally not taking advantage of uh, the situation that I'm in, but it's great. Like with work now, like I am, I am like rapidly and consciously like taking on new skills. So I feel like everything will sort of pyramid up, um, you know, cause I've, I've talked with my employer or the boss at work about like, you know, they are, they are very interested in investing in me if it's means that I can make more projects for the makerspace. So might do like a welding class or some, you know, like graphic design things, like really like the sky is the limit. And it just, it just, uh, comes down to like how well we can delegate. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm excited to see you transformation from like a small little unit shop to like an actual woodworking shop well not not necessarily woodworking but a shop where you can actually do some big bigger things and yeah. having access to big tools yeah mm-hmm. at, at the like space or the steam project yeah yeah for sure I, I'm, I'm kind of s- split as to how much i want to take advantage of them um it's, it's an irrational thing, but you know, I, something about me is like, you know, I've built my channel so far and like making these things out of a small apartment setting. So, um, do I, how much do I want to be using this, this greater space that isn't totally reflecting my own situation? It's stupid. And I, I, I hear what I'm saying that it's a, it's a silly way of thinking about it, <laughs> but it definitely is like a thought that has entered my mind. And if you if this was your space, I would agree with you. But it's like someone accessing a makerspace. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right? Exactly. And anyone can do that. Yeah. It's well, a not it's anyone. Mm, There's only so many makerspaces, but yeah. It is accessible. I don't to even know of one. I'm sure you, I'm sure you'd be surprised if you if you looked. Hey. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> I, I don't uh, need to, though. I have all the tools I need Yeah, relative to what I'm doing. I think the way that I tend to work, like I said, where I really love when a project makes a lot of sense in the moment. And then I like within an hour, I'm like, okay, that's my next project. Let's start planning it. Let's start making it. I think with that way of working, I do need to be really careful 
that I'm not doing the wrong projects because if something feels great in the moment, doesn't always mean it's going to be a great way to spend a week. So, um, but, you know, but balancing you, that or into, even worse. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Even worse is sometimes you grab that feeling and you only grab it for small projects because you know, you can get the gratification out of it. Yeah. That's a very yeah. true. And it's uh, funny because my, um, yeah. my list of upcoming projects is, literally trying to cram in as much as I can over the five weeks to try and get enough videos for like at least a few months, if not the rest of the year. So mm-hmm. There's going to be one hour builds, a couple of um, work, woodworking with my son. And I got a, um, I've got a big live edge round slab, like a cookie cut out of a tree. Um, my neighbor's house burnt down or, oh, three or four years ago now, and I've had this cookie sitting underneath my miter saw for ever since, waiting for it to dry out so I can make her a coffee table. So pretty excited to do that. Yeah, and I understand that mentality. Like when you get that span of time where you have to spend being like, I just want to be like as prolific and I can, as I can in this amount of time and yeah, and, and getting multiple discrete things out. Um, but I think uh, – that's not really how I want to operate coming up. Like I think mm. I probably could still be putting out like a video every two weeks. I don't know if every week right now is realistic, but for it to stay sustainable and fun and for me to progress in the way that I want to, I think I'm going to need some more time between putting things out because I'm already seeing like, like, you know, I have a stretch of time and it's very easy for it to get taken up. So there's not a lot of time for planning mm. larger things and thinking beyond the week at a time. If I'm, if I'm doing a lot of those like smaller right. projects. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that is totally the, like, and you've heard it. They've talked about it a lot on making it where they talk about like the one a week schedule breeds smaller projects because oh, a sure. big, a big project is I, just not possible in a week. I don't think I, I, think, it, I think it is actually a week. I think it is if you're if you're doing this full time. But I think if you're doing it on the side, I think it's uh, very difficult if you want to have a work life balance. And you know, I'm really enjoying stopping at the skate park on my way home from work and spending 20 minutes skateboarding. And I don't really want to stop doing that. So I think I'm gonna sort of roll with that. And yeah, that's just uh, the way I want to live my life right now. <laughs> and if. I think it would be different too if if we were the 100,000 mark on YouTube or more, yeah. right? Yeah, like where you're making some serious money at it. Like right now you could do a video and yes, you could make $70 over the course of a year from that single video if you're lucky, right? And it's like a lot yeah. of work and that's like your hobby and you're enjoying it. But it's not a sustain – like the amount of money that – any one of us is bringing in off this is not a sustainable amount. So you have to balance that with like, I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone yeah. uh, recently and I look at it and I go every day I sit down, I go, should I work on the video? I just don't feel like I should work on that video. So I go, I'm going to play a video game for a bit. Right. Cause I'm not in the mindset to work on the video. Why don't it's the same with like, why don't you want to stop and work at the skate park? you like, it's not working on something that 
uh, it's going to make you money potentially, and that's okay, right? Like, not everything in the world needs to mm-hmm. to lead to money making endeavors. Sometimes you just got to have some fun. And the fact of the matter is there's a good chance that it wouldn't lead to a money-making endeavor if I were to spend that time working on a video because YouTube is such a competitive platform and so right. much of it is out of your control. It's like you could, I could spend all of my time outside of work making stuff and making videos and it could – and if I was measuring the satisfaction of that based on how much my channel grew in, in AdSense, it could have zero – um, of a differential advantage over if I were to just continue at this current pace, or it could have a negligible advantage. And, you know, some people or might it could be, be negative. It could, some people could be willing to take that chance of being like, well, like, you know, you know, there's only one way to find out, but like, I'm the type of person that needs to like hedge my bets a little bit. And it's like, if I die in five years, am I going to be, am I going to be regretful that I spent, you know, all of this time, working on something that was outside that had an external sources of validation that I, you know, like it would be great if it did work out, but if it didn't, and I'm like, well, I could have been doing all these other things that made me happy and spend time with people I love. And, you know, like, I don't know. I'm a, I need a balanced life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not bad to have more than one like hobby in a way. Like if I if all I did was go to work, come home, look after my like be with my family and do woodworking, I'd probably be pretty bored. I'd get over woodworking because every time I have a spare minute, that's all I'd want to do. But I don't. Yeah. I've got other hobbies that I like to do, and and that helps keep me like balance and, and keep me in check. But to take it back to what we were saying just before um, about like the one week schedule, someone like Jackman works. There is no way he could do a one week schedule with the builds he does. Right. Yeah. Well, and he used to do a one-week schedule, and he got off yeah. of it because he went, "I want to make bigger, better, more awesome things." Exactly. Yeah. I I have a I have a slight uh, diversion, but I, I think this could lead to an interesting rabbit hole. Um, so, on the topic of you know YouTube being like an increasingly crowded platform and very competitive, have you guys? I've been feeling this recently. When I go through my YouTube subscription feed, there is very little that I want to watch. I feel like everything uh-huh. is looking more and more the same. Do you guys feel that way? It's it's all looking like this. Open mouth. Oh, like everyone looks the same. There's always an open mouth staring at the project going, oh, and it's like a clickbait BS. Yes, I feel the same, exact same way. I refresh I, my homepage so many times before I finally find something I want to watch. Yeah. And I, I do watch a lot of the people because I – and not everyone's like that, but I do. I get. I'm with you 100. percent That I feel like too many people are trying to play the system and aren't trying to produce things that they enjoy. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it. I I don't know if that's you know 100 percent what I'm talking about, but I there is definitely some of that, and it becomes very reductive. You're like, okay, well, I'm seeing all these projects that are just for the sake of like playing on a trend or a video, and it's like, well what is the inherent grab anymore? It's like, I know what the trend is. Um, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And I think part of it too is like, I've been so much of my content consumption has been like in the short form realm, right. In like TikTok and Instagram reels and Instagram stories that it's also getting like yep. increasingly difficult with like adult ADD 
to be like, okay, that is a good enough video now that I am willing to spend 12 minutes watching it. Um, and, and just not the way that I used to. I watch a lot of 20 to 30 minute videos, a lot of them. And they're all like gaming videos. So I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with the length of time. Right. And I don't watch time. any TikTok or Reels. I absolutely hate both of those platforms, but whatever. I don't care. Like if you like them, that's uh, fine. I, like, I just I like don't like Reels. them. Yeah. That's fine. But I, just, I, I grew up, not, not grew up, but I used to love watching Vine. So to me, yeah. Reels is like the new Vine. Yes. Which it, yeah. it'll go away just like Vine did. Um, yeah. So I just kind of look at it and go like, it's not, I, it's not a, it's not a matter of giving up 10 minutes or 12 minutes or 30 minutes. Right. It's more about, do I want to watch that person for that length of time? And I think the problem is there's a lot yeah. of people on on YouTube that are trying to stretch their content out for the algorithm. And that's yeah. where I think the problem is. They're making like my best performing video is the last video I put out. And I think it's four minutes long, right? And it's it's closing in on a thousand views, yeah. which for me is a is a big number. And it's because I made it the length of time that it needed to be and not a 15 minute video, right? Like, I don't know. So I think I can, I think I can boil down what I was trying to say earlier now. Like, I think when I go to YouTube, because I don't spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos anymore, like I need a really good value add. So if someone is doing the sort of thing that you're talking about, Grant, where they're clearly like stretching out content or it's not like, there's not like an, especially uh, a personality that I'm really into that can justify that amount of time or like a really interesting project. It's just, it's difficult to justify. And I think you're like, you were saying, because there are, you know, the status quo is volume. Then there are less and less of those really valuable videos, especially as my subscription feed continues to grow and I like never unsubscribe from people. (laughs) And so it's also like, you know, there's a thousand channels and nothing to watch. There's definitely something to be said for the fact that like when you have more things, less of it interests you. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think mine's a bit the opposite because I watch so much YouTube, everything just feels the same. And it's trying to find that video that pops out that I actually want to see. And, and when I do finally find a fun video that pops out the next week, there's six more of them. Yeah. Right. Tens, tens of gritty tables or whatever they're called or, or squirrel picnic tables or like whatever becomes Mm -hmm. the thing. The next week, there's a whole bunch of them. Speaking of the tens of gritty tables. So I haven't seen any of those videos, but I've seen all the thumbnails and I know what they all look like. And, you know, like even the steam project made one because it was such a hot trend. And, you know, like for that, for that reason, they didn't make a video out of it. It was because they wanted to make a project for the kids. And so they saw the trend and they're like, oh, this is, you know, it just came on their radar because it was so popular. But Tensegrity is like an incredible concept. And there are so many different designs that use it, but everyone was making the same style of table. And it's like, Mm. come on, man. Like you, like you could make an amazing project in video based on that hype. If you just like do it in a different way, like why are you just going to make the same table as everyone else? Because they want the views. But don't you think you would get more views if you had a unique take on it? No. 
<laughs> no, nice. I don't think you would. I think I could put out a knife where I put in a bunch of uh, like razor blades, and I would get a whole bunch of views from it. But I'd just be copying mm-hmm. someone right. else's idea, and I wouldn't be original. And Take- you know, Goodwill Hunting said, "At least I'd have an original idea." Yeah. So take river tables for instance. That like they blew up so big. And I remember seeing a video of someone that made one where instead of using epoxy, they put glass mm-hmm. for the for the river and they cut grooves on each side for the glass to sit in. I can probably guarantee that that video got nowhere near as many views as what the, the actual epoxy river tables got. They they did their own idea to make it different, but everyone wanted to see that epoxy river table. Right. Because that's what the trend was. And I guess, uh, you know, it's easy to forget for me sometimes that like in general, uniqueness is not rewarded. In the Mm -hmm. extreme cases, uniqueness is rewarded. But most of the time when people are unique, uh, you know, people, people gravitate towards HGTV and morning shows and talk terrestrial radio like hey it's it's sam and the weather today and the traffic the traffic's bad and all right we'll talk to you in four minutes and here's the doobie (laughs) brothers with the same song you've heard 70 times (laughs) i like your radio voice that is awesome yeah Yeah. (laughs) i I think i think with the with something like that the personality also comes with it say take someone like colin furs who every single project is like over the top but he is over the top. So people want to watch it because he has that hype in his voice and like draws you into the video sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, these are all great points for me to think about for my upcoming projects. <laughs> so, but I, th- um, I think we might have gotten a little bit off topic. Yeah. We definitely got off topic, but who cares? Um, to throw it back at what you said before, though, about like the video length. So I always edit to what the video requires, like the, the project requires. I'm, I've almost finished editing my um, my draw, like the, the second video in my workbench video, because that's like what I've done so far. And all I have to do is add the intro, and it's going to be like 25 minutes long. And I don't know if I'm happy with that or not. <laughs> Well, you know, watch it and and then adjust as necessary. Because I think it's it's difficult to know when you're in the edit, but if you mm. take some time and then watch it, and you're like, it's a lot easier to see when you're out of the timeline and you're seeing it on a big yeah. screen without the t- yeah. Well, I think I think the difference is that I'm explaining everything. Like it's not just to watch me do it. I'm actually like talking about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, and that's why it's ended up so long. Yeah, right. but you know, I bet what you'll find out is that you don't actually need to explain as much as you think you do. You'll what you'll see when you watch it probably is like, okay, well, this is I can leave some space here for someone to infer mm. and see what I'm doing, and or and, it's yeah. repetitive. I was yeah. going to say probably repetitive. I know a couple of times like I've stood in front of the camera talking to the camera explaining what I'm going to do, but then I voice over what I'm doing at the same uh, when I actually do it. That is that makes me that boils my blood so much. <laughs> like, oh my god, I hate that when I see when I see people do that. But you know what? The problem is, it's not a bad if you're trying to teach people how to do something. That's not a bad system for teaching people, mm. because you tell them what you're going to do, and as you do it, you tell them what you're doing, and guess what? Yeah, which they learn. Yeah. But mm. I don't. It's not as entertaining. And that's why, like, like 
if you've ever like i don't know if morley's ever done it because he's so young but i remember sitting in front of a like training module at 7-eleven which is like eight hours of video that i had to go through in a single day and just sit there and like go through the video and it was that kind of stuff where you're just like yeah you just told this to me and now you're giving me an example of the exact (laughs) same thing you just told me Oh, you have to check ID if these people look under twenty five. And I'm like, Yeah, I understand that. Okay. And here's here's fifteen more minutes of that exact same thing and I go, Poo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Repetition is super important when you're teaching someone something. Like usually people don't retain knowledge in the first time they hear it. And especially if they're if they're doing it at the same time. Um, they need to see it multiple times and in multiple different ways. But if it's from a more entertaining content, this is actually so meta because I'm basically repeating what Grant said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so one thing I'll say is that YouTube has the ability for you to replay it and replay yeah. even small bits that you might have missed where you didn't used to have that. So repetition isn't as important now because if I didn't understand it the first time, I'll rewatch it. Yeah, but I think like I'm not repeating myself like exactly. Like I I know that there's a part where I stand in front of the camera and say, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to put on the draw fronts. I'm going to use playing cards as spaces. I'm going to use my hot glue gun to put put it on and then screw it in, like and then pull it out and screw it in." And then I actually cut to me doing it, and I just explain that I put a couple of dots of hot glue, stick it on, wait for it to dry, pull it out, and then add screws. And the part where I'm actually doing the voiceover probably goes for like. 10 seconds of like the repeating part. All right. I'm going to bring it all around to the topic. And I think this is going to be a great point to transition. So, you know, when we were talking about future projects, like I am doing the projects that like excite me in the moment and that you, I find unique. Maybe they're not an original idea, but they feel unique for me and they feel exciting in that way. And, you know, having less time to work on projects I could be spending time really developing them and really just like executing super well. But if I wanted that to be building towards something, I would probably be having to do it in a way like we were talking about, which is the way that I don't like things being repetitive, things playing on trends. And that's just not the the things I want to make. I want to do things that I am passionate about in the moment. So to re- to take that gamble and say, well, I'm going to spend all my time doing this because the reward will just come in the future is right. not a, it's not a really great way of operating because it might, but as we were saying, since in general, the universe doesn't reward uniqueness, it does sometimes, but not always. It's a, it's a very risky play. So, <laughs> you know, it, with those future projects, can, I want them to continue being unique in what I like in the moment. I think a bit of a, a reduced pace of work makes a lot of sense for me. Totally. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we'll move on. Yeah. One of the Patreon supporters, um, anyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to the pre-show and after show and a keychain made by our one and only Morley Kurt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you want to support us, just go to patreon.com forward slash clamp. Uh, any support is appreciated. Even just sharing the podcast is appreciated. We appreciate everyone who listens every week. Um, and yeah, we would love your support in sharing the show and, and liking the show and yeah, 
Let's move on to Clamendations. Clamendations! My Clamendation this week is going to be a video by Blacktail Studio. He made a wooden, big live-edge wooden slab into a kitchen island. And, um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. It's it's really good that he he says on his videos how much things cost. Like, as not how much it costs for the slab, but how much he charges the client. And I think it's really interesting to see how much work he puts into it and why it's cost so much. I wish more people would talk about stuff like that. Yeah. Same. Because I constantly undercharge because people talk about like cost of materials in videos. So they'll go like, did this thing for $5 DIY, right? (laughs) Spent 700 hours on it, but it only cost me $5 in materials because I dug Mm. up this rock and I cut down this tree and I used my $7,000 bandsaw to slab it up, but it was only $5 worth of materials because I went and bought some screws. And it's like, Right, and then people are coming to me and like, hey, can you do that for $5? Because the guy on the internet said he could. Just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, people don't don't take into account time. And he even went into detail enough where he said that originally he quoted the guy, I think it was like 12000 And then he's, he, like he has a um, – he tells people that my price will not change. Like if, if the price of wood goes up, that that's my problem. I'm the one that's given the quote unless they change the size. And then they change the size on him and he's like, well, it's going to cost you like an extra – 3,000 or whatever, 20% or something. And that. Ouch. Yeah. 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 Pretty crazy. All right. Um, so my clamp edition this week, I might have clamp mended them before, uh, but I'm going to do it again anyway, because it is hands down my favorite podcast at the moment. And it is the Bill Burt podcast oh. with Bill Burr and Bert Kreischer. I said, well, it's my favorite podcast to listen to. Um, and you know, on the, on the topic of like value adding content and not just stretching for the sake of stretching, you know, I think this podcast does that extremely well. Like from the moment Bill Burr, Bill Burr and Bert Kreischer, who are both fantastic comedians, they hit record, like they are on, they're telling super funny stories. Um, they have great guests and, like the second that podcast uh, comes out each week, I'm like, yep, um, this is the first thing I'm listening to right now. It is really good. Um, two of my favorite guys to listen to on podcasts. So if you like comedy and you like them and you like good stories, you should uh, go check it out. I, I so love Bill, Bill Ted, Burr. Right? Sorry? You said Bill and Ted, right? Mm, no. <laughs> no, no, one, no one knows who Bill and Ted is. No, who's Bill and Ted? Please explain. What? What? No, I'm not, I'm not going to explain it. No, if you don't know, that's just too bad. Uh, that's just an excellent adventure. Yeah. Um, so I like <laughs> Bill Burr, and uh, I got I don't know who this Burt guy is, so I got to go check it out. I'm sure I do know him. I just can't. The name doesn't sound familiar. You've talked about it before. I used to listen to the Bill Burr podcast. But at some point, I just got too many podcasts and got behind. This is, this, it's funnier than the Bill Burr Monday Morning Podcast. I would hope so. <laughs> you know what? Actually, <laughs> I think what happened is I eventually caught up to – I was listening to episodes of the Bill Burr Podcast 
Like, cause on the Thursday one, he would play like an hour, like a, a previous Monday morning one. I was like, yeah, I already heard that one. So I was downloading all this stuff to my phone that I already heard. And I just kind of got behind. Um, my, my clamp mandation this week is our local, uh, hardwood, uh, lumber supplier, KJP select. Um, you can find them at KJP select hardwoods.com. They are, uh, one, they're just a really great local business, but they also ship uh, across North America, which is something that a lot of places don't do. Um, and they have on their, you can go on their website and uh, and get sh- stuff shipped anywhere in, like I said, North America. They have a ton of great selections of wood, including Baltic birch uh, for great prices. And uh, Andrew Zito, a uh, former guest and friend of the show, has recently been doing some uh, videos with them explaining, uh, you know, hardwoods and Baltic birch and other fun things. So, uh, yeah, you can go on their YouTube channel and check that out. Not sponsored, but hey, Ooh. if you listen, which I know sometimes the owner does listen to our show, if you listen and you'd like to sponsor a podcast. Ooh. We we all live if you know if you can ship to North North America, you can probably ship to uh, Australia and uh, and maybe get some walnut up there for, for Adam. <laughs> oh, that'd be so nice. Cool. All right, all right. Let's move on. We have a review this week. Um, before we go on, though, I want to quickly say that Molly reads out our reviews every week. Uh, so if you want to leave a review on your podcast player. I don't, I don't even know which ones allow reviews these days, but I wanted to say that if you can't on your podcast player or whatever, just leave a comment on YouTube and we can get the review that way. Totally. Yeah. All right. So, uh, this, uh, is a slang that I don't know, but the title of the review is grouse podcast. And now I will start the accent. It says, good eye fellas. You've got a bonza podcast, and I love dropping by to take a listen every week. Keep up the interesting discussions and having fun. Cheers, Sumo, from, or AKA, Reba Down Under via Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Thank you, Sumo. Yeah, thanks, Dirk. Um, did you do an accent? <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing. I've so been those watching who like don't Mark. Know. Oh. I've been watching Mark Daner's stories. So that's like the Aussie accent that I have in my head right now. But Grant told me that Dirk's accent is different. So I was watching yeah, one of his videos Dirk, before Dirk this. Dirk is very different. But Dirk's is different in that it, in my head, it's like a little more subtle than Mark's. So it's like even more difficult. <laughs> so it's probably worse than I would have done if I just tried to go for Mark yeah. Daner. Yeah, I don't know. It was good. It was it was definitely yeah. Australian. There we go. Yes, that's definitely. All, that's all I can ask. If for. if you get to be friends with Dirk, he will send you uh, bad jokes uh, via Instagram direct <laughs> message. And if you want that, then just message him and be like, "I'd like to hear some of your bad jokes." Um, he thinks they're funny, but I wouldn't even classify them as dad jokes. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> cool. All right, I think um, TF Turning for our theme music that you can hear Molly sing at the beginning of every after show. And we have a little announcement this week. So next week I'm going to be off. Um, the boys will probably get someone on to replace me. 
Not permanently, though. And then the week after, it's our birthday. So we've decided for our birthday that we are going to do a live episode. Uh, it'll be live broadcasting through YouTube. And then the, uh, well, it's not a VOD, but the, the audio from that will then be the episode for that week. So if you subscribe to the Clamp podcast uh, YouTube channel, then you'll see when we go live. And, um, and yeah, join in, have a conversation with us, ask us some questions and, yeah, and uh, we really appreciate everyone could come in. Um, we'll try and actually be reading the the, the chat while it's uh, happening live, which we know is very difficult to do. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll try our best. We can uh, do. But it. I think it'll be a really fun thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. Um, I guess we didn't really talk about when it would be, but. What we're going to be doing more at detail. the time of the podcast? Yeah, more, yeah, more details. It will be soon, around <laughs> April twenty eighth. Yeah, is that when the podcast will normally get released? Uh, we should probably likely... record for live. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, this is this will be the exception where where people who subscribe on YouTube get to hear it a little bit earlier, but they don't get the slightly edited version. So they have to listen yeah. to the so entire thing. So go subscribe on YouTube is the takeaway. Yes. Mm, yeah. Wait, you still want me to edit it? I wasn't going to. Oh. I was, I was just, just going like, to upload the audio. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll work it out. We'll, more details coming soon. We'll put it on Instagram and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Instagram, anyway. Facebook, Twitter, and our website yeah. maybe. Yeah, we have a website. I forgot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in saying that, you can find us all collectively on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Clampcast. And is that right for the other two? Yeah, just search okay. it. It'll come yeah. up. Yeah. And we have, we'll have links in the show notes for everything as well. Cool. Bye. Bye. Sorry, that was a first with tools ripoff. Goodbye. <laughs> at being a host I feel the same way (laughs) (laughs) maybe Morley should be the host (laughs) yeah no you do a good job I I, you know what I just have a big problem with the outro I feel like I do a good job until it gets to the outro I'm a bad goodbyer I am not good at saying goodbye I'm the person you guys need to work on your Irish exits Right. I, I, there's only two I'm, ways I can exit a party. I either leave and I don't say goodbye to anyone or I like mm-hmm. linger for an hour saying goodbye to literally everyone and half the people come out and like mm-hmm. walk you to your car kind of thing. It's like, this is awkward. Goodbye. Yeah. And they're don't, like, and you say goodbye. Don't ooze out. Or 15 leave times. is the expression. Don't what? Don't ooze don't out. Don't say goodbye too early. Don't ooze out. Just leave. That's the expression. <laughs>